Ladies and gentlemen, welcome into the Get Around Podcast. We are here for episode 157. Yes, if you are a loyal listener, you know we accidentally skipped 154. I would like to blame it on my dyslexia, but I don't know what happened. So We didn't skip 154. It was a heck of an episode. We just didn't share it. It was too good. Yeah, too good, too Andrew good for the just, ears. Andrew was just cussing everywhere. It would have got us all fired. It would have got us all fired. It would have got us all fired. I talked about Patrick Mahomes the whole time and in Kansas, of course. Yeah. So I just threw that episode in the trash. No. <laughs> no, but we are here for episode 157. As you heard, my coworkers, Andrew Rosenthal, James Cook, joining me via FaceTime uh, per usual in these times. But it is a first episode of 2021. Happy New Year to all of our lovely listeners and to my two coworkers. Happy New Year. It's so good to see you guys. We have so much to do this year, and I literally hope it is so much more to do than last year. What We're ha- getting there. Yeah, what had happened was coronavirus. This year, I'm hoping that we can actually go back to a little bit of normalcy. It seems like this testing program that we've talked about in the last couple of episodes is underway and working just fine. So we are going to move along in these fall championships and get into winter sports here by the end of the month. How excited are you guys to get back into it? We thought we were supposed to be back there today. Fourth and fifth volleyball is supposed to restart. But, hey, nonetheless... Next Tuesday, we're looking at a couple games um, from volleyball. And this Saturday, we resume football with five area games. Could have been last Saturday. It would have been. It could have been. Yeah, and it could have been six. St. Francis had that forfeit from Moscota. So we have five games to talk about this weekend. So coming up in this episode, we have a lot to talk about. We're going to preview each one of those five football games. We've had quite a bit of time to talk to basically somebody from every one of these teams since the break has ended. So we got some about insight. Them, about them, about these games. Exactly. So we're going to preview those. We usually get to do that. Yeah, we're, yeah, especially because, what, we were able to preview them over the course of like six weeks. We got a lot to talk about. We're going to preview the football games this week, and we're going to preview some of the uh, volleyball games next week, even though they are on Tuesday. And then we are going to get into an interview with Misik senior Grace Quiggin, the first Misik Bulldog to grace the Get Around Podcast Studios. We've been on a bit of a tear of trying to find some new people, but these guys are all in the playoffs. It only makes sense to have the best of the best on. They're in the middle of a historic season, so make sure you stick around for that interview. After the interview, we're going to make sure that we get back into another rendition of the trifecta and let you know about the end of our Christmas bracket. There was one round left, and I guess from the start, what it looked like was uh, the, the person who was rolling around with it won, so make sure you stick around to find out who won our Christmas bracket before we get too deep, I always have to remind you, our episodes are sponsored by Jimmy John's with two locations in Traverse City. Jimmy John's spends six hours slicing and baking every day to make you a 30-second sandwich. Freaky fresh, freaky fast. Jimmy John's, freak yeah. Gentlemen, we got to put our finger on the heartbeat of the sports world, dive right into this pulse, and start talking about these games. We got five to preview in football. We all know which ones we're going to this week, so we're going to start that way. You know, we can maybe start from the top in the divisions, work our way down. So we'll go to Division Two with Traverse City Central facing off against North Farmington. It's going to be the only home game at Thurlby this week. There was supposed to be two, as we mentioned, with Traverse City, St. Francis, and Escota. Which would have been pretty awesome. Yeah, for a doubleheader in the playoffs in January. I mean, it's four really good teams at like 11.30 a.m. and 3 p.m. And now the Central game has been moved back to two because it's the only game. It would have been nice for the, basically for the grounds crew, only really having to like clear the field one time, do the whole day. I'm sure that second game would have been nice. The field would have been nice and trodden on. But, hey, Andrew, you're going to be heading over that Traverse City Central game yeah. versus North Farmington. Why don't you give us a little heads up on what you're looking out for? Well, first things first, I'm really excited to see the Central team for what's only going to be our second time this season as covering them because so many of their games were just not even close. I mean, the one time the only team so far to make it a game with them was Traverse City West. And then the, and then it's against Midland where it's the same thing where they – 
the game for about the first half, and then Central holds the lead and wins. So they got North Farmington. Um, like everyone else in the state, they haven't played a game in more than two months. They received the forfeit to South Lyon in that district final because of COVID issues. And But before that, they beat number four, Fenton, at Fenton. They were 6-0 going into then, 44-28. So both teams have a really good win over a highly ranked opponent. I think Midland was number one or two in the state. They were floating around at number one for a while in Division Two. Yeah, they were number three in the final poll, but they were up there. I do remember seeing them. Very good football team. The one thing I'm looking forward to is we put together that all-region football team, and it was just chock. I mean, we all knew it, but it was just chock full of Traverse City Central skill players and kids. I mean, these are all kids that we're going to get to see one more time at the very least play another game here. I mean, if you just look at some of the scores that Trevor C. Central's put up, I mean, 53, 49, 57, 60, 60, 70. I mean, somebody is going to have to stop this offense. And North Farmington, on the other hand, I mean, they've done a pretty good job with allowing a little bit of points, but there's a few teams, whenever they whenever they allow a lot of points, it's they lose. You know, and uh, I mean, they have a forfeit this season from Groves, but that was after the, after they had actually lost that game. They they received the forfeit, so I'm I'm excited to see Traverse City Central, especially because, like you said, they received the forfeit from South Lyon prior to, and so they've been off even longer than Traverse City Central. Yeah, they're gonna by the time they play this game, they'll have been off for over two months. Uh, kind of in the same situation that St. Francis is going to be in because of the forfeit that they got from Oscoda. But, I mean, a, like a full two months since they last played a football game. The thing is, I know Coach Sugar said they had a real legitimate chance of winning this game and making it to a state semifinals at the time. That was before he had two months to go over film and conjure up what, they, what he thought of their offense. So, I don't know what that's going to add. I know they've been constantly in the film sessions. Like, they're one of the teams that are taking this two-week break very seriously to nitpick and pick apart everything they possibly can think about about North Farmington. So I think mm-hmm. it's well, maybe we might even see a whole new offense by the time they take the field. <laughs> and if they win this one, they'll be going right into your backyard, Jake, and uh, you know probably I guess potentially against East Lansing or or Muskegon Motor Shores, two undefeated teams. I think East Lansing's got some – they got a high-powered offense with a really good wide receiver, a couple actually. And, I mean, Muskegon Motor Shores, I kind of feel like they're going to be the ones who win that game. They are just – they are dangerous. they got a lot of big kids. They have a huge running back in Muskegon Motor Shores. That's number one versus number two. It's the other half of this – half of the bracket. And, yeah, isn't Mona Shores number one with a loss? Mona Shores is number one. Uh, East Lansing is number two. Neither one of them has lost. Neither one of them has lost. Okay. Anyways, let's move down the divisions. We go from Division Two all the way down to Division Four for Cadillac, where they are going to be playing Forest Hills Eastern. Cadillac only has two losses on the season, to Traverse City Central and to Traverse City West. They lost to Traverse City Central 41-17, which if you look at what I just told you about Traverse City Central scores with 60-70, 40 points against Traverse City Central. Ain't that bad. Traverse City West led up like 52. And they lost 45-27 to to Traverse City West. But other than that, they are probably the most rested team in the state. They had two weeks off prior to playing their last game in that district final. And then they had another two months off. So they kind of have only had one game in about three months for Cadillac. The last time that they were really in football mode was the week of October 23rd, which is kind of wild. But we're sitting here, Cadillac is staring down the barrel of a 
a matchup with Forest Hills Eastern, who is six and three this season. Uh, they, on the other hand, have losses to South, uh, Grand Rapids South Christian, Grand Rapids Catholic Central, and Middleville. Um, all complete blowout losses in those games, but they have completely. Um, you know, ran over the rest of the teams that they played in the OK Gold, and they have done a pretty good job of putting points on the board in the playoffs, 42-0 to in the pre-district, 28-21 in the district semifinal, and then 41 points against Whitehall in the district final. So Cadillac's defense is really going to have to step up. We've seen them do pretty well this year, but uh, I know we've talked to Cody Mallory, a couple of the kids uh, from Cadillac over the last couple of months. I mean, they are laser-focused on winning this. This would be the first one in school history. And, uh, the, you know, the first regional title in school history. And they have a home game for it. I'm sure they are extremely yoked about that. Yeah, credit Cody Mallory. They, they, he said on Twitter, you know, season's over. You know, we're going to move on from this. And we're going to see what the next year holds. And the kids stuck together. You know, I, I, I'm sure it takes a lot to rally students and be like, hey, actually, season's actually going. Now let's try and win a game let's go for a state title i'm sure he was able to do that just well next we're going down to grayling another historic season for another team uh grayling division six is going to be playing nagani james you are headed to that game this weekend you've had some chance to see them a couple of times what are you looking forward to yeah i mean we i mean we know all about grayling themselves you know and uh you know david milliken one of the best running backs around here under vent line one of the top quarterbacks in the area um, you know, maybe the best hair in the area. Uh, but, uh, you know, and then they got to see Nagani. Nagani's got to come down here and make that long, long trip from the UP um, and try to come down here and dig up a win. And, uh, you know, they, they've they've won all three of their playoff games, but uh, only one of them has really kind of been a blowout. Um, they, they avenged one of their losses in the regular season to uh, Westwood, which was the, the only reason they lost that was because it was a forfeit in the first place in the regular season. And, uh, you know, then they beat Gladstone and Calumet, which is Gladstone is a team that they also lost to actually on the field during the regular season. Calumet, they would have played had the full season been played, but uh, that was one of their first three games. The thing that makes Grayling one of our favorite offenses to watch is their one-two punch with Milliken, Ventline, even Dylan Craig at, at wide receiver. They, yeah. They're just really good at the positions that matter in high school games you know yeah and guys and people that who haven't seen grayling um play um dylan craig at wide receiver is kind of like that finn hogan uh matchup problem where he's a you know six three basketball player playing wide receiver who can also out jump you to the ball and he gives uh he gives Veltline a nice big target i think there was one where he was called for opi but he still made an insanely good non-play where one hands it nearly into the end zone I mean, kids just have, they have three just athletes. I don't know. I don't even know how to say it. And they've got a, uh, it's the other interesting little aspect of this game is uh, that uh, the head coaches for both teams are former Central Michigan University offensive linemen. Yeah, I really like offensive linemen as head coaches. I'll just put it that way before we get into our next one. I didn't know Coach Tunney was a lineman. Yeah, I know. When I went to cover the first time I ever covered a Grayling game, I was like asking around. I'm like, which guy is Coach Tunney? Because I expected. I knew him. I, I knew him from when he played football at CMU. He's like a three hundred pound guard and everything. But since then, he's slimmed down and he's like two fifteen now. Yeah. And uh, so I was like, <laughs> "Which one's Eric Tunney?" <laughs> I would have never guessed that either, James. And now we move on to Division Eight, where we go to that you know, you know Nagani's making that trip down here. 
No matter that Joburg was undefeated, they have to go all the way up to the UP, and they are going to meet Iron Mountain at the Superior Dome, which it's a good thing. We talked to Tommy Runyon last week, and he said he thinks that they were able to play inside at the Superior Dome, indoors, unlike anybody else in the state this week. And uh, with that offense, Tommy Runyon said he's like, I think we're going to be super fast and on top of our stuff. I mean, they're practicing in the snow and everything this week. And Saturday, they're going to get to play um, at Northern Michigan University Stadium. We know how powerful Joburg is. I, I still favor Joburg in this game. Um, Iron Mountain has always been, you know, that one team to be reckoned with kind of from the UP um, in those lower divisions. But, uh, you know, with Sheldon Huff and um, – and and Preston, yeah, yeah, and Preston Marlot running that offense. Um, they've been high powered all season long. Uh, I think they're gonna, you know, they're gonna stand a really good chance to be playing in their, um, you know, first state semifinal. You think about it, Jake. This is their state final. You know, I look back and I'm a huge college football fan and watch Coastal Carolina a whole heck of a lot this season. And they didn't really get a chance to make the college football playoff, but they had a heck of a game against BYU and probably one of the best games of the season. This is their spotlight game where they get to go travel three, four hours to play at the Superior Dome and a college stadium. So this is this is a big deal for both teams regardless of the result. Yeah, that'll be interesting to see that game played on the on the turf. I mean, you know, Joburg's offense is kind of ground and pound. It's you know, it's basically wing T, single wing ish. Um, and everything, but they but they also play some receivers out wide, and they just they keep pounding the ball, keep pounding the ball with that deception of the of the wing tee, and then as soon as you start packing the box, and they get one of those receivers one on one, they're usually guys that they pluck off the track team. They're gonna take that guy deep. I mean that's why Jason Richter he had 13 catches this season, 11 of them were for touchdowns. Yeah, in Iron Mountain they only played one game in the regular season. And they come back in the playoffs and just destroy a really good Gwynn team that I actually got the same see play. They played mm-hmm. Bark River Harris again and won. So this the will, Joburg will be the third actual football team they played. Yeah, that'll be interesting. I think the video that that Joburg has because they played Bark River Harris twice and the second game was quite a bit closer than the first one. I think they're really going to get to see how Bark River Harris adjusted. To Iron Mountain between the two games and be able to make some of those same adjustments and, and some of their own. Yeah, and our final game the preview would be that eight-player football game with Sutton's Bay hosting Inland Lakes. Inland Lakes got that forfeit from Pickford uh, just before all of this because of coronavirus, but nonetheless, they are 8-1 and one against the undefeated Norsemen. Uh, I mean, I, I've already seen them play a couple times this year. They have that same experience as they did last year. This is a look at second straight state final uh, for Sutton's Bay. Garrick Opie has had those guys ready. They have a couple of good running backs. You know, Sean Bramer has been just a monster for them this year. Their offensive line has actually made, I mean, it's eight-player football. There's only three of them. Uh, Quite a bit of strides uh, this season on defense. I I think defense is what has changed them um, overall this season. They have been able to shut out four teams, including Whittemore Prescott, in the playoffs, they played Winnemore Prescott and beat them 39-20. to They came and readjusted and beat them 44-0 to in that um, playoff game. They have just been on a roll. Uh, the most points they've allowed this season was to Gaylord St. Mary in their last game at 22 points. And that's eight-man football. 22 points in eight-man football. I'm not, I'm not saying that, like, everybody gets it, but these games are usually a little bit more high-scoring, a little bit faster-paced. That's then, actually pretty low scoring for eight man football. Well, no, 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 no I'm saying it's much, 20, yeah. it should always be higher than 20, 22. I mean, they have one, two, three, four, five, six games that they've allowed less than 10, eight points. So I, I think that Suns Bay has another really good shot at a, a chance at another state title. 
Yeah, and Inland Lakes is an interesting team. Um, you know, they run, um, I don't even know if you would call it a single wing. I, I, I guess it would be a single wing, a double wing or whatever. They don't, even, they don't have a quarterback on the field in their offense. There's just a guy that takes a direct snap and you're not quite necessarily sure who's going to get that snap from play to play. It's usually the same guy who kind of plays a quarterback-ish role, but not really. They don't throw the ball hardly at all, if ever. ever. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and their defense, they've held three teams under 20 points this season, too, um, in addition to having a couple of forfeits. I kind of so, just want to go to that game just to see how that works, because these eight-man offenses, man, like you said, like sometimes you have the linemen catching passes and stuff like that. It's just crazy. It's just crazy stuff that I love seeing and involved in these. And it's just all about getting guys out in space. Yeah. Because yeah. Yeah, there's space to work with. So if you got that skilled running back, you know, you, you flank him out, throw a screen pass and try to get him one-on-one with somebody and makes that guy miss, he could be gone, you know. Uh, and the Lakes also, of note, crushed a very good Pelston team in the first or second round of the playoffs who beat Gaylord St. Mary. Obviously, that Pickford game didn't get to happen because of COVID reasons. I, I'll put it this way: if we, that would have been a good game. I was going to say, if, defending state champions. Yeah, if I know yeah. anything, well, I, they're not even just defending state champions. I think they've been since they entered, not just entered in, man. The last three years, they have made it to the state title game all three years in the division they were selected in. Pickford is an eight-man football powerhouse, like Sutton's Bay yeah. is trying to become. I mean, Sutton's Bay, since going to eight-man football, has gone. 36 and 7 in 4 years since joining 8 man football. Jeez. You know, they, you know, way back when 2005, I think I did this. Isn't one of those a state title loss? Last year. They lost in the last state year, title yeah. last year, yeah. So what I'm saying is they're on their way. If we're talking about moving up the ladder, what's the next logical step for the Norsemen? And and just a couple of years ago, they had Pickford on the ropes. In, in the in the I think the state semifinals yeah, twenty eighteen right yeah it was yeah they lost yeah. they lost they the, state the semifinals and 40. pulled that game out on on you know a couple of uh, a couple of plays that didn't go Sutton's Bay's way you know some turnovers yeah I think it was an interception penalties. at the end of the game or something like that but forty eight forty two they lost to him so like yeah they've been they've been knocking on this doorstep of a state title for a while this could be their year um, I'll be there on I'll be there on Saturday so let's hope that happens now um, one th- thing I will say though is we have seen it in. College football, how do you stop high-scoring offense? You run the ball. That's If that's what England Lakes' game plan is, it might be a long day for Suttons Bay. That we shall see. Yeah. That segment- well, Suttons Bay likes to do the same thing. I mean, yeah. They're going to they're gonna run Hugh Perryard and Sean Bramer as much as they can. Oh, and they will. I'm, I'm, I'm looking for a couple touchdowns at each one of those guys, and trust me, they're going to get a couple good passing, uh, passing plays in. Suttons Bay is not just a one-dimensional team. Nope. That segment sponsored by Jimmy John's with two locations in Traverse City. Jimmy John's spends six hours slicing and baking every day to make you a 30-second sandwich. Freaky fresh, freaky fast. Jimmy John's freak yeah. Before we even get into our interview, I might as well just do this because I'm thinking about Jimmy John's. Uh, we had yet another giveaway last week for the last one of 2020, and this week's winner for two free Jimmy John's subs is Kalkaska's Dave Dalton. Thank you so much for uh, sharing that and interacting with us on Facebook. The former Kalkaska girls basketball coach always um, is a, still stays a part of the community. We appreciate that. So those will be sent out your way, Dave. Keep a look in your uh, DMs for um, a look out for your address. That means we're going to get into our interview with Misik senior volleyball player Grace Quiggin. Uh, she gave us some good insight on what it was like or what it is like for the Bulldogs in the middle of this historic run in search of their first state semifinal berth after playing. looking forward to playing Fowler in the quarterfinals. Let's go ahead and give a listen to that now.
The Get Around Podcast is extremely excited to welcome in Misik Senior Grace Quiggin. Thank you so much for joining us today on the podcast. Thank you for letting me be here. Yeah, we have uh, the senior leader here for the Bulldogs in the middle of a historic volleyball run and really a historic season for Misik in general. But we got to dive into our Freaky Fast Five to get started, get to know Grace a little bit a nod, with a nod to our sponsors at Jimmy John's. So we're going to ask your very first question. Who is your least favorite pop star? Justin Bieber. I feel like that might have been, I don't know. I remember when I was growing up, there wasn't a girl who wasn't in love with Justin Bieber. <laughs> what, what's, what's, uh, what's the best fact about the town of Misik? That most people um, don't know. One fact is that we don't have like fast food restaurants anywhere. Are they are they not allowed, or you just don't? We just have don't them? have them. Like okay. normal towns have them, but we don't. So, so. like, yeah. what's the closest? Like, how far do you have to drive to get some sort sort of fast food? Like Cadillac or Travers. Oh my gosh. Okay. Like Elk Rapids actually has an ordinance banning fast food. If your five-year-old self suddenly found yourself in your current body, what would be the first thing your five-year-old self would do? Mm, I didn't think I'd be this athletic. The football team, I know Misek's football team has got a tradition where they paint a rock after every big win. Does the volleyball team have anything like that? No, no. All right, and then the last one, real quick. What's the perfect temperature to set your thermostat in the house? 75. Oh, wow, that's pretty warm. That's pretty warm. Wow, that is- <laughs> Hey, I wish I lived in Florida so it'd be 75 year round. So like I can kind of understand that. So that was our freaky fast five and not to respond to Jimmy John's getting to know Grace a little bit. We're gonna go ahead and dive into the rest of our interview with the Bulldog senior leader. Uh, we know it's been you know a, a crazy year, up and down, big roller coaster ride. But you guys are staring down the barrel of another game here on Tuesday after this long break. What is the morale like for me, sick after taking such a long p- break apart, and now you guys are finally being able to get back together? Everybody's excited but some people are just kind of scared about the test stuff and everybody's pretty excited about it i know you said the first the first time that you'll be testing will be today and it's you know a little bit different than what you guys are used to what what as an as a student athlete what what were you guys worried about or what is it what is the well you know the trepidation about coming with these uh these tests that you have to take before you get to play again our worry would be like not having enough players, I guess. Like if something happens, like it comes out positive, then they can't play. So that would be one worry about it. But not worried about the tests themselves, really. Yeah. Have you been tested for COVID at all before, or will this be your first time ever? This would be my first time ever. Okay, okay. I keep thinking, I'm just like, they're lucky that they don't have to get that wand shoved all the way up their nose. Yeah. Yeah. Are you, are you happy you don't have to do that one at least? Oh, yeah. Now, I, I want to talk a little bit about the game that's coming up on Tuesday. You guys are going to be playing Fowler. Uh, we know that they've been a very good team over the last few years. How have you guys been preparing for that, especially with, you know, an extended time away from each other? Um, we're, like, kind of like our normal thing with, like, workouts and exercising at your house and trying to stay active that way just because we can't get in the gym and participate together. Have you been able to, like, kind of prepare specifically for Fowler a little bit more than normal? Uh, we've watched, me and my mom have watched, like, film, and a couple of our seniors and juniors watched film, like, separately with them, so. Now, I mean, just with that with that film, I mean, do you really think that, I mean, you guys have never obviously played Fowler this deep, and then you get, you get to look at them and kind of take this as, you know, a brand new team, a brand new experience going into the quarterfinals. What, what, what do you think the film on Fowler is going to do for you guys? help to find out like where the they like 
miscommunicate at and their rules in the court and find out who's one of their like stronger hitters or their weaker hitters just to hit it at them. Is there anything you've identified thus far with your mom that you guys are ready to exploit? They have like one really powerful hitter, so we're trying to like move around what has been the key for you guys to have this season? I mean, you started out winning what, your first 19 or 20 matches of the season. What's been the key for, for you guys just from your standpoint uh, for this very good season in music history? To communicate with each other and not have drama because our past teams have had a lot of drama on them. And this year hasn't had any drama. So I feel like that would help. Uh, yeah. yeah, your mom was saying before that this she thinks that this was one of the best teams in music history, and you had that you had that game coming up with Leland. Just what is it? What has it been like? You know, what have people said to you about this season, going twenty six and two? People are like happy for us because like not a lot of our teams in the past years have ever done that, so it's a good accomplishment in our town. How how what was the previous record for most wins in a season for for music? Like last year's was I think with all the tournaments and stuff would be like forty six or something out of like uh, sixty three close to that I don't mm-hmm. know the exact numbers but but probably the best winning percentage you guys have ever had right yeah. I know with a shortened season, this week this has been weird. Um, I mean, I can't even I can't imagine what it's been like. Can you kind of tell us from the student athlete perspective just what the roller coaster has been like? Not knowing if you're ever going to have a season, having a season, getting it cut off, playing mostly just conference games, and then you know taking it off, and now you're back for a quarterfinal come next Tuesday. Uh, conference games was weird because normally we have like tournaments on the weekends, so we had to like work harder to be more athletic, I guess. And then going into the game would probably be, we need to focus on it more because we've had like cuts and we can't practice and closed down school so we couldn't have volleyball practice or like finish the games. So like, I guess we have to stay athletic more or like fit, work out and like stay athletic. Have you guys had everybody return since after break? Did you guys lose any players? I know there's some football teams that had some people kind of step away because of what's going on or focusing on basketball or anything like that. Have you guys returned everybody for the quarterfinal? Yeah, we returned everybody. Okay, okay. Well, that's good to hear. Um, are now, um, your, your younger sister's on the team as well, right? Yeah. Do you kind of think that helps with the, the chemistry and the kind of no drama thing? Having like a Your sister's a sophomore, correct? Yes. Yeah, so kind of having like that like – double age gap with your mom there and then kind of having like a whole encompass she can kind of help with the underclassmen you kind of help with older classmen do you think that kind of helps mesh this whole team together yeah i think it helps because we have three sets of sisters so it's me and my sister and then another senior and her her little sister which is a freshman and then another senior and her little sister is a freshman so half of our team is my siblings okay okay so chemistry has it's a family team yeah. I said the chemistry has to be there. Or I mean, it's not, is it just that you guys leave all your sibling rivalry stuff for when you're at home, and that's why there's no drama at the volleyball court? I think so. Yeah. Hey, if it, if it works, it works. Now, um, when you when you guys face Fowler on Tuesday, you guys are in Manton, correct? Yeah. Doesn't that kind of still feel like a home game for you, especially compared to where Fowler is? I mean, you're, there aren't going to be any spectators or anything like that, but you guys only have. Uh, you know, a, a short bus ride down there. Is that kind of still going to feel like a home game to you guys? 
I feel like it would because we're comfortable there because, like, we have that kind of environment in our gym. Like, the upstairs, the bleachers on both sides, I feel like it would kind of got the same kind of be the same the colors and stuff too yeah the same even colors yeah. even yeah it's like hey we'll just we'll just toss a little uh music banner over that man I think there I, a, I was checking your schedule but have you guys played at the mountain gym before yeah so how how much does that help knowing just how, the layout of the floor and all that how does that help you because when i've talked to volleyball coaches in the past they say that sometimes they need a day or something to prepare for a match how, how does it help does it help you knowing the arena already I feel like it helps because our floor is kind of the same. So, like, we kind of play on the same floor. And then the colors help a lot because we're kind of in the same environment as Manton is because of the colors and the way the gym is set up. I think that also helps. Mm-hmm. And same kind of small-town feel, too. I mean, Manton, yeah. Buckley, Basic, all those schools kind of have that same same feel, too. Uh, how much are you looking forward to the softball season coming up this spring as well? You guys have had some pretty good softball teams in the last couple of years. I'm excited about that because last year we couldn't have it. And then last year, if we had softball, I wouldn't be able to participate because I had um, an ACL surgery on my knee, so I wouldn't be able to play in softball last year. So so was the – was I mean, obviously the break was not like a, a blessing, but at the very least – it didn't. You already weren't gonna play, so it was like when it went, it was like, man, it, it stinks for my team. But it, you were already kind of in that mindset that it was never gonna happen this year, huh? Yeah. Okay. Now, how? Uh, when did you actually get back from that? When did you recover and get back on? Uh, was it over the summertime then, when you actually got back on the court? Uh, I recovered like right as volleyball started up again. So like that was my end of therapy and recovery on that. Did you did you get hurt during volleyball or during basketball or softball or how did it happen? Uh, I got hurt playing basketball. What was the biggest lesson that you learned from that injury and its recovery? To grow up, I guess, like be mature about it because stuff like this does happen and like there's more to life than sports and therapy is very serious about it. Like people are serious because it's you know, like me and the way that you move and so, like, I had to take it seriously, so I had to, like, mature about it, so. I feel like that was something I heard from a lot of kids, not even just from injuries, but from last year. You kind of had to mature and, like, just take things mm-hmm. as they came. I mean, what was the biggest lesson that you learned from just the whole roller coaster that was 2020? You're our first guest of 2021, so we can look in retrospect now. What was, uh, what was the biggest thing you learned just from the whole year um, last year? The, it was, like, crazy because, like, school cut out and then sports had to stop. But then it would come back up, and then it would stop again. So it was like weird to me. Um, how how surprised were you when uh, Leland had to to forfeit their game in the uh, regional final? Uh, I was pretty surprised about it because like we wanted to play him because like our team is way better than years past. So like we were excited to play them, and then when we found out, it was like kind of sad to me because. It sucks for them because they've gone so far in the past years. So it kind of sucks, but then we're excited because we get past, but we were hoping to play them. All righty. Well, Grace, thank you so much for joining us today. We wish you the best of luck with your testing and next week's, next week against Fowler and beyond. Uh, the Music Bulldogs have had a great season, and congratulations. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you.
Another huge thank you to Grace for joining us and being the first Misig Bulldog to be on the Get Around podcast. We are excited to see what they can do against Fowler next week and hopefully see them down in Battle Creek. That interview is sponsored by Jimmy John's with two locations in Traverse City. Order a tasty sandwich today with the Jimmy John's app. Freaky fresh, freaky fast. Jimmy John's, freak yeah. That is going to lead us into our little bit of volleyball talk. We just talked with Grace about that game, looking forward with Fowler, and we have one more team with Cadillac uh, getting to a chance at a state semifinal. We just did a big football preview. I want to talk a little about these games before they come up next week. Uh, we just talked about, you know, Misik and Fowler with Grace. We know that Fowler is a very good volleyball team, and they have been for a couple of years. Misik, on the other hand, they, you know, they're making a meteoric rise this year. This is a, a chance for them to do something crazy, do something special like their football team did and win their first playoff game. That's what the football team did. What do you guys think the chances are for the Bulldogs, and uh, what do you think the keys to victory are? Well, after speaking with Grace, she well, Grace did say that they really wanted to play that Leland game because they thought they had a chance at they had a chance at winning against them. You know, you look at Misik's schedule, we haven't really seen them play a lot of powerful teams, but at the same time, when they had the chance to, the game was canceled. So I I, I do think Fowler will come away with this game, but I like I do want to see Misik get a chance to play a re- really strong team. So Yeah, I think the I think the test is gonna be a real one. The the emotions riding high and this is the same thing. Grace kind of talked about there's a chance, you know, we're doing these these antigen tests, and there's a chance that Misa could be down a few players. There's a chance that Fowler could be down a few players. There's a chance that, you know, a whole team might not play. We still don't know. Um, but what we do know is that it's moving forward, and it has been such a crazy year with a huge break. I think anything can happen, I, you know. I, I hate to be, like, that much of a, you know, kind of like a middle ground person, but, like, I'm almost at, like, 50-50. I still, the, the, I still don't know how this break's going to affect athletes. I think we'll kind of know a little bit more on Saturday once we all have eyes on a football game to kind of see. Yeah. And we've all seen these teams play before, so we can kind of see how they're still working, if they still look like they're in midseason form or whatever. But only Lord knows what happens. You know, everybody goes home with their Christmas break, spends three weeks just, you know, hanging around, doing their family activities, doing three holiday meals. Maybe they did slip up on their workouts a little bit. It depends on who stayed more disciplined and who was more ready for this. I think this is a 50-50 shot for the Misik Bulldogs because of all of the underlying factors as well. For and, sure. And Misik's got a lot of firepower of its own. They're, they're definitely going to have to stop uh, Fowler senior outside hitter Sarah Veal. Um, you know, she's a first-team All-State player, and uh, you know, they're, that's going to be mission number one is to stop her. Um, and then their other uh, outside hitter, junior Madison Worth, is, is pretty solid as well. Um, so that's a, a pretty good one-two combination that they're going to have to work against. Yeah, a couple girls. I mean, we, we, we talked about uh, we talked with Grace about her younger sister uh, Kelsey, who's a middle hitter, um, another offensive person. Had a bunch of bunch of kills, bunch of aces, bunch of blocks in conference play. But it seems like they are a very good defensive team. I mean, Kylie O'Neill, their senior libero, in just twenty seven sets had seventy six digs, which means she was pouring up five, six, seven, seven per set. Had ninety nine percent serve completion rate. So. If it's coming to her as a libero, you got a chance to play the ball. And if defense is starting off, no matter how good those outside hitters are, put it up to Grace, get them started. You really don't know um, what could happen there. Now move on to Cadillac. We had our player of the year, Macy Brown, completely destroy everybody in our area. But we know that they're moving into the Division Two and the deepest that they've gotten really into looking to get the deepest they've gotten in Division Two playoffs this season. James, I know you said that. They're looking at a pretty tough matchup if they make it past the quarters. What do you think their chances are moving forward? 
Yeah, I mean, they're, I mean, kind of comes in ranked number three. They're 42 and five. They're playing Birch Run, who's number 12 in the state. They're 39 and five. Um, so they're not playing a team that's played a significantly less amount of games like they have a couple of times in the playoffs so far. Um, so it'll be interesting. And like you said before, in other matchups, it's going to be all about how these teams tackled the pause and, and how they, how they react to this. And, uh, you know, if a team comes out with a slow start, that's going to be, you know, maybe hard to come back from. I mean, the, they're going to have to stop, uh, Birch run outside hitter, Emma McAlargy. Um, she, uh, has 1,550 career kills, which is not quite as many as Brown. Not even close, not even close, but that's a, but that's a lot. It is. It, was she a senior? Yeah, she's a senior, um, you know, but this most, also most, is, I was going to say most, most, most people who are four year outside hitters can hit that thousand market their junior year. So that means she probably had about five, 600 kills this year. Yeah. And, and, you know, and, uh, and they beat Saginaw Swan Valley in, in straight sets in the, uh, in the regional final. And it was their first, the school's first regional title since 1991. That's the year I graduated high school. Oh, wow. <laughs> Man, it's been a while, huh? <laughs> I think that, I mean, Macy Brown, we, we talked about just how above and beyond she's been in the area. You just said 1,500 kills for that girl. I'm pretty sure that Macy Brown had 860 kills this season in, like, 51 games. Yeah, I mean, her her kill rate this season is just, just, was just ridiculous. Outrageous. And she, 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 she hit it, like, 80%. It was unreal. Yeah, they did go to the quarter or the, the uh, semifinals. I think it was four years ago. Yeah, they did go um, to the uh, to the state semifinals uh, about four years ago. I think it was when uh, Renee Brines and Macy Brown were the managers on the varsity team in, in middle school, and they, so they were basically the you know the ball girls or equipment handle equipment that kind of stuff. So they have that experience of going on there, and they want to get that again. Yeah, you, you mentioned that. Now we talked to Renee about that just like well two weeks ago. Reminds me just. I really though I think they're our best shot at a state title, and I think this is Cadillac's best shot at a state title, probably for the foreseeable future. I mean, with Macy Brown and what she's been able to do with that team, I know we saw Chloe Comstock and stuff, and some more bigger outside hitters last year. Um, but she's just had a middle blocker. Her and Renee have done a lot of the work this year um, on the back row. Uh, so we're gonna see. I, th- I think they have a good shot at making this happen. But once again, it's about who made the most of this break and who is preparing here this week. I know. Cadillac was already in the gym last week uh, as soon as they could be uh, for, for volleyball. Music, on the other hand, uh, they just got their, their antigen tests in today, so they're just now being able to return and play together. So they have a little bit shorter time to kind of get, get this all started. But nonetheless, I do think that uh, next Tuesday is going to be very interesting down in Manton and Alma. And, and to go back to Macy Brown, I'm, she is maybe, I think, the best volleyball player that I've seen um, as far as being able to be served up from the back row and just pound out kills from the back row. Yeah. You, you don't see that a whole lot on the high school level. Yeah. The only other person and, I can really think about is Emma Mirabelli in her area, and there's a difference there. Yeah, because Emma Mirabelli, they had some other weapons on the team, so when she was in the back row, they could they could go to those other those other people. And But, you know, Cadillac is just like, well, Macy's so good that, we're just going to serve her up in the back row, and it still works. And then the other team knows it's coming, and they can't do anything about it. Just like when we asked, uh, was it Jessica? Who who did we ask? Was it Macy that we asked if she ever broke somebody's nose? And she said she did hit somebody in the face and made him bleed. 
I don't that, think that, that was Macy. Unless it was the first time, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, that's. I think it. I think it might have been. It was either her or what was the Kingsley Jessica? What was her last name? Jessica Leffler. Yeah, it was Leffler. I, I. We might have asked her that question, but I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure, like you said, I mean, Macy Brown hitting out of the back line is stronger than most people hitting out of the you know at the net, and the the spin on her ball, she's able to place it. Uh, watching Macy Brown play volleyball for the last three years has been a pleasure, and uh, having. You know, having her be on this podcast and explain to us exactly how that stuff works has been pretty cool as well. Um, so I'm looking forward to see Cadillac play next week and uh, possibly get another chance down there at the state semifinals at a state title. That segment sponsored by Jimmy John's with two locations in Traverse City. At Jimmy John's, there's freaks about fresh bread, meats, and veggies because that means better sandwiches for all. Freaky fresh, freaky fast. Jimmy John's, freak yeah. We got two segments left. We're going to chat real quick about our Christmas movie bracket, fellas. Home Alone. I guess not surprising. I, we kind of said it from the start. Home Alone, like, beat the first round matchup that they had, which I can't remember what it was at this point, like, 99 to 1. You guys recall? Who was? Well, what movie yeah, was it? Wasn't it, like, Christmas Chronicles, I think? Something like 99 to 1. If that didn't show who was the favorite from the very start, I mean, we kind of said that, but they end up, Home Alone and Macaulay Culkin ended up beating the Grinch 57 to 43. We had, like, 63 votes on this poll. It was a bit shorter poll. It wasn't open for a week. Uh, but we just got it done before the new year, before New Year's Day last week. I, I I'm not, I'm not gonna say I'm surprised. I am a little disappointed, guys. Usually I'm pretty. Usually I'm, so. I don't know. I just Home Alone is by far like not one of my favorite Christmas movies. Like it's a, it's a pretty cool movie. Like it's funny and you know it's something that kind of reminds me of my childhood. But like, I don't know, man. There's just so many better Christmas movies. You're gonna go die hard on it and say it's not a Christmas movie. No, no. I, I, I say that Home Alone's a Christmas movie because Home Alone, once again, I think I told, went through this whole thing with you guys. To me, Christmas movies have to have like three things in common. They have to have a common thread. One, once again, they have to happen at Christmas time, which is the only thing that Die Hard has, right? The other thing is, is that they have to teach some form of Christmas lessons, right? And it's not always, but the majority of the time, it needs to be centered around family and friends. Yeah, he gets back a, with his wife at the end of the movie. <laughs> Boom, it's both. I said it's got to follow all three. Uh, it's the last two. Where's the Christmas lesson? Fight hard <laughs> enough, you get your wife back. No. And he apologizes. He, you know, he makes up with his wife. No, the lesson, is to, the lesson is to not forget your kid when yeah. you're leaving on an airplane. Well, I mean, there, there's plenty of stuff from, from Home Alone. Like, it was really funny. My, I just shout out my roommate, the Connor. Lesson, the lesson is a, paint, a can of paint can kill somebody. Yeah, and a crowbar to the chest <laughs> is going to kill somebody. It breaks up several ribs. But, no, uh, my, I just want to shout out to my roommate. It was funny. I came home from the holidays or whatever. I'm like, hey, man, like, how was your Christmas? How was your New Year? And, you know, he was up here. He stayed uh, kind of, like, isolated. Um, they, his family did, like, a virtual Christmas or whatever. And uh, none, of his pa- none of his presents from his family showed up at the, ho- at the apartment at all, like, on time. Even some of them still not now. And, like, his parents just like, oh, crap, I'll just send you a gift card because it's not going to be there on time. And then he had to sit on Zoom. And watch everybody else open their gifts and be all happy. He was like, yeah, I felt like Kevin at Christmas. They just left me home alone and we're all opening gifts together in Paris. So I was like, oh, I'm, feel, I'm sorry, Connor. I feel bad for you. We're going to go back. So we're going to go backwards in our trifecta this week. And I want to ask you guys. I mean, obviously, I know, Andrew, you don't celebrate Christmas, but you usually get some gifts. What was your best gift this holiday season? And uh, who'd you get it from? Well, I got a car. <laughs> I gifted myself a car. Hey, you ain't nothing wrong with that. No, I will say, though, our office secret Santa, the Santa who gave it to me, who I know, but for the sake of this podcast, we're keeping it secret, purchased me a Yeti mug. That's like, you know, there, there's like 
mugs that you'll get like that have a funny picture on them or something. And then there's stuff that you'll actually probably use for years to come. The Yeti is a thing that's going to keep everything hot and cold forever. Forever. <laughs> Literally forever. Yeah, you just put you put you put a coffee in there today and it'll be warm for next uh next New Year's. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so next I, trifecta. I thought, right. I that was pretty cool. What what did you uh what did you what was your favorite holiday gift or Christmas gift, James? Uh, I got a I got a new homebrew system. Ooh. I got a it's a big uh gigawart thing it's it's called and uh it's it's basically a self-contained homebrewing system that you just put on the on the counter and it's got its own heating element in it and everything you can do everything all in one big pot. Ooh. And uh, simplifies the process a little bit and takes a little bit of the labor out of it of like moving things that have 5 gallons of water in them. I thought it was a labor of love, James. It is. It's just a little less so now. It's a little bit easier. As you get older, you need to find less easier ways to do things. Just less labor. Yeah. Hopefully, the beer is even better, though. I haven't tried. I haven't fired it up yet, but hope to soon. I I, I, got I will say I will say another another gift that I guess someone gave me on you know as we we know we're all I I've enjoyed sports betting before it was in Michigan, but one of my websites who is not a sponsor. Offered a couple promos that any team, either team to score a touchdown, give you twenty five dollars. So I'll I'll consider that a gift. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I I had a, I had a really good Christmas. Um, I'll just make a joke. I, at twenty seven years old, I didn't get any underwear or socks, and I'm really mad about it. Like really mad about it because I didn't get them this year, and I usually do. But yeah, you got a stimulus check. I I, I get your own. I got. I guess I haven't gotten no stimulus check yet. We'll see. I got a lot of good gifts this year, a couple really cool ones. I got a new uh, Spartan watch. I'm not much of a watch guy, but I'm trying to, you know, if I got, if I got, if I got Sparty on my, uh, Sparty on my hand, that's awesome. But I think the coolest gift I got, my mom found a, uh, like a big hardcover book that just says Mr. March, and it's about like the history of Tom Izzo as the basketball coach at Michigan State, and it's filled with pictures and player testimonies. It's like a 120-page book. Like, it's a, d- it's a deep, thick, hardcover book. Um, I've already sat and gone through quite a bit of it and just, oh, I love it so much. My mom always gets me some cool Michigan State stuff. Last year she had like a, a huge framed poster of like all 100 and, what was it, 26 of Mark D'Antonio's football wins that broke the record. So I got like this huge thing. I, I have a man cave worth of Michigan State stuff ready to go. But I have to tell one story just before we get out of here. James, I think you already laughed at me with this. but So my mom, my mom, my mom was going through some uh, – you know, some health stuff. She had back surgery. Just basically wasn't able to, like, get out and shop this year. And uh, we told her over and over and over again, don't, no matter what you do, and this was, like, months ago. It wasn't even just for Christmas. It was just, like, no matter what you do, don't buy anything. I mean, like, basically anything off of a spa- Facebook-sponsored ad. Unless you literally know it's from, like, Nike.com. Do not buy anything off of a Facebook-sponsored ad. Lo and behold, my mom's like, I'm so excited to give you guys this. I'm so excited to give you guys this. And when she got it, it was supposed to be something about this, maybe a little bit bigger than this size, Baby Yoda, but it was supposed to be a full, like, light up and, like, arm move and, like, he made noises like an animatronic Grogu. Mm-hmm. And my mom paid, like, $45 for one for me and one for my brother. I was like, oh, this is going to be really cool. Uh, they're going to love this. And <laughs> she got them in the mail. And they are two-inch hard shell figurines of Grogu. They're cute. They at least look like him. But she paid $45 for a two-inch Grogu figurine, and she thought it was supposed to be animated and make noises and light up. And I was like, here's your lesson, Mom. Never buy off of Facebook-sponsored ads. I got burned on the same thing. Yeah. 
And then I found a real one on eBay later. <laughs> the real one was just at Walmart. But nonetheless, we all learn our lessons. No online shopping on Facebook. Just avoid it. And, you know, don't avoid us on Facebook. Make sure you follow us at TCRE Sports on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at TCRE Sports, at James Cook 14 at by Andrew R, and at Jake Atnip. Follow us on SoundCloud, the Get Around. Make sure that you listen to us six times a week, seven times a week, once a day. Same episode over and over and over again. Just download it on your phone. Listen to it when you on that commute. Yeah, or when you're making dinner. I don't know. Whatever it may be, inject us, inject us into your lives some more. We like to be there. Without further ado, we'll end this episode. We already did our Jimmy John's, so it's just time to go. Thank you so much for listening to episode 157 of The Get Around. We will see you next week for 158.